Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. You know, Matthew 24, 22, Jesus states in reference to the last days, which we're in right now, and lest those days be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. We see events happening all around us, each day bringing us closer and closer to the climatic event that prophets of old have always said would happen. You know, for some, they wring their hands and say, oh, woe is me. For others, I share, as Jesus said, you're blessed because your eyes see what the prophets of old desired to see. They hear and they what they they can't even hear what they desire to hear, but you can. You are blessed because you see these things and hear these things. That's exciting to me, praise God. And to help bring some clarity to this topic and prayerfully touch the hearts of someone somewhere today with the truth of the Bible, our good friend Dr. Richard Ruling is back to discuss the scriptures and others, but just He's going to share just how close we truly are to what the Bible calls the end time. Praise God. Help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Ruley. Dr. Ruley, it is indeed a blessing to have you back on the program today. Boy, it's a pleasure to me and a privilege. I, uh, You know, uh, where two or three are gathered, God is with us. He promised that in uh, Matthew 18. And uh, I feel as close to God with you as anybody. <laughs> Praise <laughs> Appreciate. God. Appreciate uh, Thank you for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to sharing here. Amen. Now, last time we shared about the first three seals in the book of Revelation. I'd like us to discuss the fourth and fifth seals today, you know, but the fourth seal, that's a bit more complex. And for the sake of clarity, we're going to start with seal number five first, then follow up with number four. But before we do that, Dr. Ruley, I want to bring up something that recently occurred, which we've discussed before on a few occasions, and we talked about in your book, Megaquake 2023. Uh, what do you think about that recent 7.8 quake along the Syria-Turkey border in reference to what you had put in your book? Well, I, I, I'm confident that uh, coming events cast their shadow before, and this is serious, but it's not the event in my book. I'm not going to mm, say, okay. oh, my book it has its fulfillment. No, that's not it, okay? Amen. Okay. Uh, it, it, I'm really uh, steadfast. I believe that two, two months from now, we will see uh, the beginning and confirmatory sign. Uh, I, I'm, I'm confident that this is the year that end times begin, mm -hmm. and God's appointed time is Passover in the spring, uh, not in uh, in February or okay. uh, you know. But um, the, the Israelites were to pray that God would pass over them, that it wouldn't mm -hmm. fall on them, and that's His appointed time. And when the end times get here, it will fit His appointed times. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to bring that out for people that say, well, sure. was that earthquake what you were talking about? And I knew you were talking about something happening around Passover. So yes. I, I just wanted to bring that out before we get started, because we always talk about your book at the end. <laughs> I want to talk about it in the beginning, you know, praise yeah. the Lord. All right. So share with us what you've discovered about the fifth seal in the book of Revelation. 
what does I mean? This has to do with Jesus's name, Christ's name, correct? Yes, because it says you'll be hated for my name about seven different times. Uh, 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 some translations obscure it when they say uh, you'll be hated for my name's sake, and some mm -hmm. say hated for my sake. They don't even mention the name, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's really about hated for my name. And the point is that uh, there was no J in Hebrew and no J in Greek. So how did we get Jesus? <laughs> you know what I mean? Amen. Uh, Amen. I know there was a Savior, and I'm not negating anything, but I just want to know the truth because I don't think an angel would come to Mary and ask her to give her son a Greek name, you know, <laughs> uh, basically. Amen. Uh, yeah. And and the, the name in Hebrew of Joshua, uh, if you see the, the J's were replaced by translators, mm -hmm. but... Um, uh, Christ said, I am come in my father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. Interesting forecast or prophecy for our time and what's happened with, with his name. Satan could not get rid of God, uh, but he attacked his name, his identity. And the same is true for, for Christ, okay, in the sense that uh, if Christ came in the father's name, and now we got Jesus, do you know how, by the way, uh, let me say this, that Zephaniah 3 verse 9 says, uh, I will turn the people to a pure tongue that they might all call upon the name of the Lord. See, mm -hmm. that's the translation. Well, uh, it's about a phonetic, a pure tongue. It's not just the letters. It is how we say it. And the fact is that through history, it's not right to translate proper nouns. We transliterate them sound for sound. Otherwise, when uh, President Bush went to China, uh, they might uh, say in Chinese, uh, this is little shrub, you know, <laughs> you know, a, a shrub, bush, you know, yeah. and, and so on. But uh, he wouldn't recognize that. But if they, if they pronounce his name the same way, Bush, uh, they know he's talking. He knows he's talking to them. And mm -hmm. so. Uh, Trans name should be transliterated sound for sound as the owner of that name uh, would indicate. And so uh, that's that's behind translation problems. And I was going to ask you, uh, do you happen to know how they would translate Christ's name in uh, in Italy? No. Uh -uh. OK, well, uh, it, it would be Jesus. Uh, uh. And the point is, phonetically, that's Jesus. You know? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and Zeus right. is the savior God, God of Greek mythology. Yeah, he yeah. saved everybody. No need oh, to repent. Wow. Just appeal wow. to Zeus, you know, and so on. Yeah. And in, in South America, they say, hey, Zeus. OK, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. but we say Jesus. Uh, you know, it's close to that. My point is um, uh, Zeus was not the savior's name or God's name. And uh, we have to repent. We can't. Uh, the savior God of Greek mythology can save everybody. But God can't do that. He, it's got to be our choice, how we live. Do we live in repentance toward him? Are we willing to do uh, whatever? It's not just, well, I'll save you, I'll save you. But there are a lot of Christians today that think, well, Jesus is going to save me. I don't know how, but uh, I'm confident he will. You know. Well, I think we need to <laughs> take a closer look at that. And so uh, I happen to have a, a book. Uh, let me say, first of all, I, I quoted... Uh, John 5:43 I am come in my father's name and you receive mm -hmm. me not I happen to have a copy of a book right now uh, and it has the four letters of God's name mm -hmm. I was giving a a talk at a group meeting one time uh, about God's name because uh, Josephus said God's name is all vowels four vowels 
And these are the, the four vowels. But a guy got up of the control booth, walked to the front and handed me this book. I said, mm. He gifted me it. And uh, it was he already knew and understood what the name was, basically. Wow. While, while most people, there's uh, I-A-U-A. The I is pronounced internationally with an E sound. So it's Ia, like in Zechariah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's a hallel is a praise to yeah. Ia, uh, uh, Ia Ua, basically. You know, yeah. so, but Christ said he came in that name. And so I see the first three letters of Christ's name as Ia Ushua. Shua is salvation. The, mm. the letters of the Godhead are their initials, I think. So they are salvation to us, the, those three letters. Yod, hey, Bob, and there's a fourth letter, another hey, which is ah. So it's ia, ua. But Christ's name is ia, ushua. Shua meaning salvation. So that's my take on the name. It's different, but I've given you the reasons kind of why I think that that's what it is. And I could be wrong, you know, somehow, but I think we have to go by the best information we have. Times of ignorance, God winks. You know, it says in, in Acts 17, 30, mm -hmm. 31. And um, I'm not here to rub anybody's nose in something really strange. Uh, you know, they can bypass it or study it out. And when the time comes that uh, the earthquakes and things happen, we, we want to say, uh, is that you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> or whatever, amen. you know. Uh, just like Samuel said, uh, here I am. Uh, speak, Lord, your servant hears, you know. Okay. And what were those letters again? Uh, the Yod has the E sound. It really mm -hmm. represents the father and, and hand as in giving, receiving, and ownership. He is the owner. And the He is pronounced Ah. And that's uh, like, uh, it means light or window. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. And then the, the third letter is the Vav or Wa. And it uh, means hook or nail or balance beam. And that's Christ. He was nailed for us and everything balances on him, in my opinion. Okay. Amen. So when you say it all together, it's it sounds like hallelujah. Ia yeah. Hallelujah means hallelujah. A, a praise. Yeah. A hallel is a praise to Ia uh, uh, basically. Alleluia. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. And then Jesus's name is? Ia uh, Ushua. Ia Ushua. Wow. Yeah. How would that be spelled? Well, I happen to have another book. And uh, this is pu published by Moody Press, uh -huh. but uh, Moshi Rosen of Jews for Jesus wrote it. And it's the title is Yeshua. It's a Y apostrophe Shua. And it's uh, the subtitle is the Jewish way to say Jesus. Mm. Yeshua. Okay. But yeah, Yeshua. Uh, it's leaving out the first uh, uh, the it's historic that they have uh, pr pronounced the Yod as a Y when, mm -hmm. when really it's uh, the, the Y not as Ya. But E as in baby, baby, lady, and so on, mm -hmm. that the Y that way is an E sound is because it's a vowel. If you pronounce the, uh, the Y as a vowel, is it has the E sound. If okay. you pronounce it as Y, like yonder, it's Yahweh. And that's how they come up with uh -huh. Yahweh. And, uh, you know, but that's, uh, in my opinion, it's the vowel. Anyway. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, and you know. Talk to us about why the translators would even change his name. Well, um, I think that uh, it's part of a, a bigger picture with uh, what, uh, see, the, the devil has uh, his side in this controversy between good and evil. And in R Daniel 7th chapter, there's a little horn that grows out of the Roman Empire. Mm 
and it says it, uh, it was there were ten horns really, but this little horn uprooted three and became very great. And it was it says diverse or different. Why? Because it was a religious power out of Rome. Okay, and so that's how I see uh, from the Roman Empire we got the Holy Roman Empire, uh, except that uh, I don't think it was really that holy as they thought. <laughs> you know, and Amen. basically uh, uh, they made a lot of changes. I mean, if you were to look at the Ten Commandments, um, the first commandment is, thou shall have no other gods before me. But one of the Pope's official titles is Lord God the Pope. You know, you can Google that. It's an official title. Well, I don't, <laughs> you, he, he's not Lord God the Pope to me, you know, uh, basically. And uh, the second commandment is, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness. Don't bow down or pray or whatever, you know. But the, the church is full of them, okay? Mm -hmm. it's a, and it's a... Uh, they say, well, they visualize God better or Mary better or the saints better with, you know, images. Well, it, uh, their, their translation of their Bible is correct about the Dewey version, but their catechism gets rid of it totally. And it doesn't even mention uh, anything about graven image. They, they To have 10 commandments, they split number 10 in, in, the, in the catechism in two. So that number 10 is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor. Number nine is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. And number 10 is, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Well, you know, God didn't need to do that. Uh, that's, you, he said, you should not add to or take away from, or I'll take your name out of the book of life. And so uh, for those that in knowingly do that, bad idea, I think. Bad idea, yeah. It's not going to end well. <laughs> right. Amen, amen. So that's, that's it in a nutshell for the name. And uh, But I see also going down those commandments, they, uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. In vain means uh, empty, maybe, but they emptied wherever God's name is found in Scripture. They changed it to Lord in all capital letters. So they got rid of the name uh, and made it more generic, more acceptable. You know, that way, people around the world, they all worship the Lord, you know, but Baal meant Lord. The translation of Baal is Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, so not yeah. good. You know, God wants us to be known as uh, uh in the wedding parable, or actually in Hosea 2, verse 16, call me no more Bali, uh, Baal, or Lord, uh, call me Ishi, husband, you know, and mm. it, it, in a husband-wife situation, nobody wants to have it lorded over them or told what to do, that right. you want to come to a mutual decision, and uh, I think God uh, wants uh, our respect of him as God, but uh, he wants uh, to be, uh, you know, like when he was uh, talking with Abraham, he said, shall I tell Abraham what I'm going to do? Well, he wanted to be thought, he didn't want to just destroy Sodom and maybe Lot, uh, he wondered what happens. Uh, so he he told Abraham and Abraham bargained with God. God was willing to, wanted to, you know, if, if Abraham would have been satisfied with 50 dead in Sodom, uh, God would have ended at that. But it was still, you know, God wants uh, to be seen as fair and right in this controversy between good and evil. And he's concerned about us. And if we don't know something about it, he's not going to treat us bad. But when we know something about it, I think we got to go by it. Amen. 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 Let's move to the, the fifth seal now. Share with us what you've discovered about the fifth seal in the book of Revelation. Well, I'm sorry, uh, not the mid, the fourth. We just talked about the, right. the fifth. I'm, yeah. talking, I'm talking about the fourth, the fourth seal in the book of Revelation. Okay. The fourth seal is a, a pale horse. And it represents pestilence or disease. There was war uh, in the in the red horses. Uh, I'll take peace from the earth. Okay, the the red horse. The third the third seal was a black horse, a 
a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny is famine, okay? Uh, so war, famine, and pestilence is the third one, the pale horse. Uh, you know, if, if you're jaundiced or something like that, uh, you might look uh, uh, colored like that pale horse. And the point is that that um, in the dark ages, uh, the, the pestilence like uh, smallpox and the bubonic plague and so on, they ravaged Europe during the time of the Holy Roman Empire. And yeah. I believe that uh, during that time, it, it represents their empire as well in the sense of uh, uh, disease and death. It's, it's called disease and death. And so I'm, I want to look at some things which uh, from the book of Daniel, I've already said that the commandments were changed. Uh, first commandment, uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They have the title Lord God, the Pope. They got rid of the commandment on images. They changed God's name to a title, Lord, and, and uh, we took his name in vain it's about 7,000 times, by the way, that in the Bible, that you find the word Lord in all caps. Well, that's like Elijah. By the way, the word Elijah, there's no J. It was Eliah, and it means El. The word for God is Elohim. Short, for, short form for God is El. El, El is Ea. That's that's again. We're coming to the two two vowels, ia, uh, and um, then the the uh, fourth commandment is that has also been changed. Rome uh, under uh, Constantine the emperor in 321, he was a, a sun worshiper, a Rosicrucian, and he made a Sunday law. And the Pope found a reason to make it okay. Uh, it was uh, the resurrection we will honor. Well, you know, so. Uh, okay. It's on the day of the resurrection, that's true, but God, God didn't need the resurrection. In Romans 6, he gives us baptism, like as Christ was uh, buried, uh, you know, died and was resurrected. Even so, we also shall rise in newness of life when we're baptized, basically. Uh, and so death to sin and resurrected to walk in, in, in fellowship with Christ. But uh, they're saying, well, it's Sunday and or Lord's Day. I happen to have a um, letter from a Catholic priest that I might share with you and the audit listeners. Hold on, just going to grab this, to my glasses. This is um, from about 120 some years ago, basically. It's from uh, St. Alfonso's Church in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, which I happened to grow up in. And I don't know how I got this. I can't remember it, but it's 1905. Okay. And it says, dear friend, this is handwritten by a priest, okay, who says, I have offered and, uh, and still uh, offer $1,000 to anyone who uh, can prove to me from the Bible alone that I am bound under grievous sin to keep Sunday holy. It was the Catholic Church which made the law obliging us to keep Sunday holy. The church made the law long after the Bible was written, hence the law is not in the Bible. Christ, our Lord, um, empowered his church to make laws binding in conscience. He said to his apostles and their lawful uh, successors in the priesthood, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now that's his authority is, is that when in reality through, through the New Testament, I mean, most, most Protestants think, uh, well, the apostles kept the Lord's Day, you know, but the Lord's Day is found only one time in the New Testament. It's in Revelation 1.10, when John was in the spirit on the Lord's Day, and he heard a, a, a great voice, which I believe was an encoded earthquake. It was a voice of a trumpet, 
But if you go to where a trumpet is first found, it's it's Sinai, Exodus 19, when the mountain shook when God came down on the mountain. It was a great, a great, like a great trumpet. Anyway, my point is partly that uh, um, the Lord's Day, uh, it says in Mark 2, 28, the last verse, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Well, if the Sabbath is his, uh, he's Lord of that day, um, to have another day the next day, first day of the week, when God commanded the first day, and by the way, God said, Christ said that not one jot or tittle will pass from the law till right. heaven and earth pass, not jot, one jot or tittle will pass. Well, heaven and earth are still here. So what happened to the fourth commandment? You know, uh, if, if God, uh, and I'll just quote the fourth commandment for it briefly, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall uh, 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 work and do all your, uh, you can labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, Amen. you shall not do any work. You nor your son, daughter, manservant, maidservant, and so on. For in six, and this is the reason why, for in six days, God made heaven and earth to see and all that in them is, and rested the seventh. Wherefore, he blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. Well, he did it because he is creator, and we honor him as, uh, you know, as his creation, basically, if we uh, believe that. So that, um, you know, um, uh, again, I, I'm saying there are a lot of people that haven't done this, but God forgives us. He winks. He's been uh, winking at our ignorance many times. But as we approach the time of judgment, let us study these things out and feel comfortable with it. Uh, uh, I'm just I'll give you the New Testament reasons, because uh, that's what uh, the Pope or the Catholic Church cites uh, or, or other Protestants. In the book of Acts, speaking of the Acts of the Apostles, how they lived and so on, there's only one reference to first day of the week when uh, um, and it was when Paul preached at midnight and was leaving the next day on a ship. That was uh, a reason why he would extend uh, into the Sunday or something, whatever. I don't know. But the point is that there are nine times what refers to Sabbath in the book of Acts and three times it's every Sabbath. Every Sabbath, Paul did this or that. So uh, you can't tell me that that um, the, the apostles were really honoring the Lord's Day on Sunday uh, when I get any evidence from the book of Acts, which is what they were doing and how they were living. So um, that's, to me, just uh, uh, pretty clear evidence that uh, what Daniel 7 says, that the little horn would think to change times and laws. It's uh, the times of, of uh, that God would have us honor, really, basically. And when I when we come down to the end, I'm confident that uh, when it says in Revelation 13 about the um, new world order, the image beast will have false worship and you can't buy or sell uh, without the mark of the beast. I believe that uh, it, it will not be about, uh, uh, well, let me just say, it, it won't be an image of fiery furnace, but it will be, uh, you got to go uh, on Sunday. <laughs> you know, my opinion, I could be wrong, but the false worship, uh, worth-ship, we're giving yeah, false worth yeah, at worth yeah. to something, and I think the UN will support the Pope's agenda. They're, yeah. they're going to, and that's what, by the way, Laudato Si uh, with uh, this Pope is. Uh, it's it's so you can you know close the businesses on on uh, Saturday uh, on on Sunday so you can attend the Eucharist. Really, it's, that's the intent. And the previous Pope, Pope John Paul, uh, his Dies uh, Domini. Jace uh, is the day and Domini is Sunday. So it, that's 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 what they're behind and pushing. But see, Congress is not supposed to make any law respecting the establishment of a religion. Well, Sunday would be 
uh, their establishment, you know. So it, 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 we're not there yet. They have to really take America apart. So we want a uh, new world order and uh, the Pope in charge really is, is yeah. will be behind. It's not obviously seen that way, but that's, that's uh, where it's coming to, in my opinion. Amen. Amen. And, and doesn't the Bible say that you know, God's not going to do anything without revealing it first? How does that apply here? Talking about the day of the Lord. Well, I, I believe that, first of all, uh, when J I believe John was in the spirit on the Lord's day, uh, he was shown the day of the Lord. He was shown what was coming for the end time period. And mm -hmm. so he was in the spirit of that. Uh, it wasn't about Saturday or Sunday per se, you know, in my opinion. Okay. So it's he was just, in the vision of the Lord's day at the climactic event, basically. Yes. Okay. Got and uh, I, I think that uh, God won't do anything without revealing it. But I believe mm -hmm. that Revelation 13 shows that it's going to come through false worship, you yeah. know, in a sense. Uh, the first beast was the papacy. Um, it it was described in Revelation 13, 1 as a mouth like a lion, feet like a bear, had spots like a leopard, and had the total of seven heads and, and ten horns of the papacy. Those, those beasts of Daniel 7, if you put them all together and amalgamated them, there was a lion, a bear, a, a leopard-like beast, and a dreadful dragon that had uh, um, uh, ten horns, okay? And there were the the leopard had four four heads so that you add them all together there were seven heads ten horns and all of that and the papacy is depicted like that because it survived all of those you know when when one kingdom assimilates another you you take its customs its traditions and so on and the papacy has been that it has paganized many things uh just like the fish hat you know and so on people worship fish and and so on uh pine cones fertility the seeds in the pine cone uh, their little staff with a pine cone on the top. Um, don't want to necessarily go there too much, but just yeah. say that the, God has revealed it in Scripture, just like through Daniel and Revelation go together. And it says this little horn would persecute the saints, made war with the saints, thought to change times and laws, uh, etc. Um, Amen. Speaking great words against God when they say, Lord God, the Pope. That's great words, yeah, you know. Yeah, amen. And you're not saying that all Catholics are going to hell. They were basically led astray by their leadership, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I, I have known some very fine Christian Catholics. Yeah. I think there'll be more Catholics in heaven than any other denomination because there are so many of them, mm -hmm. and they, uh, some of them, uh, uh, live well to do the best they know. Uh, on the other hand, if you think you can just uh, live as you please and go every week and just pay the priest. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's not living in repentance towards God. Right. Uh, and I, I don't think that's, you know, uh, it cheapens Christ's sacrifice to say Christ paid for our sins, but we can go in and pay for our own. I don't right. think so. Right. Amen. Amen. I agree as well. Folks, as always, Dr. Ruling is leaving us with some serious things that we need to think about and pray about. I mean, if you or your loved ones are not right with God, there is not much time left. You know, you need to pray and to enter into that place where you are in fellowship with him. Time is running out, and we can see it happening right before our very eyes. I encourage you to drop down the show notes, click the links there to get in touch with Dr. Ruling. Be sure to order your copy of Megaquake 23. Get it, read it, preach it, praise God, and order the earthquake and the seven seals as well, because that's talking about all this stuff that we're starting to see happening right now. Praise God. Dr. Ruling, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Do we have a little more time? There's more absolutely. to share. Okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. What did I leave out? 
Okay. Um, uh, I want to finish out this letter, which says uh, from the priest, he said, the Catholic Church abolished not only the Sabbath, but the other Jewish festivals or feast days. And uh, we have a string of uh, Halloween and uh, Easter, you know, Easter eggs and rabbits and things like that for, for Easter. And uh, the even in, I think it's Jeremiah 10, learn not the way of the heathen. They cut down a tree and deck it with gold and so on like that. You know, I grew up liking Christmas and we had a Christmas tree. But, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing sacred. And that's really not the time of Christ's birth either. I don't believe, you know, in, uh, when right. midwinter, Amen. I don't yeah. think the shepherds were in the, in the field then. Exactly. I believe that he came at a feast of tabernacles. He came to tabernacle among us, just like they had tabernacles in the wilderness. This earth was like a wilderness to Christ when he came. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an eight, eight day feast. Christ was circumcised on the eighth day, Amen. you know, a, a significant uh, event. And uh, the meaning uh, of tabernacling with us, I think that was his, his birthday, basically. Yeah. But um, I'm seeing that when the end time comes, Paul said in Colossians 2, verse 16, 17, um, don't let anybody judge you in the keeping of these days, for they are a shadow of things to come. He didn't say were, like, uh, well, they were fulfilled on the cross, and you can forget them now. Paul himself kept them, like in Acts 20, verse 6. He was with the Philippians, and he uh, celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the seven-day feast, and waited till after it was over to sail away. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 8, he says, uh, speaking of the Passover, he said, let us keep the feast, not mm -hmm. with the old leaven of Pharisees, uh, malice and so on, but with the unleavened sincerity, truth, and so on. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm seeing that... that uh, when God says he won't do anything without revealing it, your comment earlier, uh, part of the timing is uh, how would you know when? Like if he says <laughs> in the wedding parable, um, be ready when I come and knock that you open immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, blessed is the servant whom his Lord finds watching. The word watch comes from Gregorio and it means be awake. And we can't be awake every night. That would be impossible. It's a health issue as well to try to be awake every night. But one night a year, we should be able to do that, you know. And Passover was the night of judgment when judgment fell on Egypt, when judgment fell on Christ. And by the way, Christ, uh, the night before he was slain, he asked his disciples, watch with me. Couldn't you watch one hour? You know, well, they fell asleep. And I think it, uh, they lost more than we realized at, at that point. But uh, I, I feel that we can do this if, uh, let me just say this, that in Egypt, Israelites stayed awake when they ate the Passover lamb, they were to leave nothing till morning. And eating is stimulating. When you eat something, you, you, you don't fall asleep, You're, you enjoy the eating of it, okay? Well, they did that on the night of Passover, but we can do it spiritually. And I found that if I try to just pray, I'm pretty quick asleep. <laughs> I'm no better than the disciples. But Amen. if I Amen. if I read a chapter in Christ's closing scenes, like the Last Supper or Gethsemane, where he sweat blood for us, or the uh, the uh, the trial with Caiaphas and Annas, you know, and or then Pilate's judgment hall, reading those chapters and praying between them, I can stay awake. I can do that, and at least till midnight. Anyway, you know what I'm saying, right. so that uh, we can be qualifying for when he comes and knocks. I believe it will be. Uh, tied to those appointed times because the, the wedding parables have Passover imagery, uh, yeah. like like the word watch or or that verse. Verse thirty seven says, 
Uh, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord finds watching. He will gird himself, make him sit down to eat and serve him. Well, that's what he did at the Last Supper. It was Passover. So there you see the, the Passover imagery. Uh, watching is Passover imagery. And also in verse 35, it says, have your loins girded. Yeah. Israelites had their loins girded at Passover in Egypt. When they were ready to leave Egypt, they had their loins girded. So that's the rule of first use. It yeah. helps identify the timing on that. And I say, uh, I'm looking forward to to this spring, first of all, for Muslims to take Jerusalem at Passover, and a month later for second Passover, when Christ will come and knock. At, at he, the ancient church of Laodicea ended in a knock, okay? That was uh, an earthquake. And I believe uh, as the days of Noah, big earthquake, lots of people may die, just like in uh, Turkey, etc., um, they aren't watching. Uh, God knows who are his, whose aren't. And and even some of his who might not stay stand well in the end time when there's famine, pestilence, and trouble, um, he may lay some to rest, okay? But that's his choice. If we die in an attitude of love to God and repentance, we're safe yeah. to save. And, and in fact, Paul says in Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Yeah. So Amen. at this point, you know, if I die, I consider it. I want to consider it gain. Although I really, I really want to live to see him come. I yeah, think he's amen. looking for a group of people to represent him in character through the end time. When people say, "Well, everybody sins," uh, and they excuse their sinning by because everyone else has. Well, I think uh, God wants to point to a group of people who, like Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will say, "Hey, you can throw me in if you want, but I'm not going to bow." You know, yeah, and amen. I think that we need to do that because he's going to send the plagues on those that uh, that go along with false worship. Uh, yeah. In Revelation 14, verse 9 and 10, if any man worship the beast or receive the mark, the same will drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Well, that's that's the plagues, basically. Yeah, amen. You know, just to, to emphasize how this type of attitude needs to be just ingrained in your spirit, man. Today, when I was bringing my grandkids home from school, you know, somebody ran a red light and stuff. And and my 10-year-old grandson, he said, Papa, what would you do if somebody ran a red light and killed you? And just without even thinking, I just go to heaven. <laughs> I mean, very, yeah. And then he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, uh, I mean, it wasn't even, you know, anyway, well, I'd be in heaven, so I wouldn't care. You know, and uh, so, you know, and that's the attitude is, you know, you see all these things happening and some of, you know, kids and stuff will, you know, so tell you, what, what do you think is going to happen? I say, Jesus is coming soon. You know, this stuff's getting ready to wrap up and you, yes, it ready. Is. you know, Amen. I can't pray you into heaven. You know, you got to make that decision on your own. You know, I can't go up there and intercede and say, hey, you know, can you go ahead and uh, remember it has to be done before this day happens. You know, and uh, so, you know, but yeah, and, you know, I don't, I'm concerned about things we see happening, but at the same time, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> you know, check mark, you know, yep. that's, that's We're getting there. check mark, you know, yep. there's another one, you know, so yeah, amen. Praise God, Doc. I do appreciate it. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Okay. Um, if if they uh, would like to send an email, if they have questions about what we're talking about, it, my email is ruling, spelled with an H, R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7 at juno.com. That's J-U-N-O dot com. 
and mm -hmm. I'd be happy to try to answer. Uh, um, I have uh, information if they get the book and have questions about it, glad to answer. By the way, there's one more topic related okay. to this fifth uh, oh, force field that right. I should cover. It's, it's really one of the hardest points to see or understand, but um, really the devil was behind the Catholic Church's change of the calendar because I'm seeing in scripture evidence that it was not like we have today. Um, basically, the, uh, the clues are partly um, in John 19th chapter, verse 31, when it said that uh, uh, when Christ was in the grave, it was a high day. Uh, I was taught in college that a high day was when a seventh day Sabbath coincided with a, a annual Sabbath like Passover. It had, you know, in other words, they had the Passover and it was a seventh day Sabbath. But uh, uh, I'm seeing from Leviticus 23rd chapter, verse 11, that it, it refers to the 15th day, which was the first day of Passover and the Sabbath, which is, and, and it, it, in that verse is strong 7676. It all, that uh, concordance of strongs 7676 always referred to a seventh day Sabbath. And the point is, they coincided at Passover. Now, today it does not do that for the Jews because the papacy changed it and uh, their, their calendar has uh, uh, a new moon does not correlate with a new month at all. Right. It, right. it can happen any old time. But in Bible times, uh, the new moon and the new month came together on, on, in the Sabbath position. It was like a Sabbath, a seventh day. If you look at calendars today, you can see Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay, Saturday is number seven, and the new moon day was like a Saturday. It was it was the first day of the month, and then from that day, you work six days and rest the seventh, which would be on the eighth day. Uh, under number one would be seven days later, eight. Under then that is uh, uh, under eight is fifteen, twenty-two, and so on. And I'm seeing in the Bible when God the very first use of the word Sabbath. Uh, I was taught that the first place you find a word or phrase, it often has something for end time. It has this context or meaning. In Exodus 16th chapter is the first place you find the word Sabbath. And in the first verse, they come into the wilderness on the 15th day of the month. Um, God and, and Moses are talking together and the people are hungry and they want something to eat. And God says, I'm going to give you manna for six days, but no manna is going to fall on the seventh day. You, ha you have to pick twice as much on, on, on the sixth day, okay, as the preparation. It was known as the preparation day. They didn't call it Friday or Saturday, okay, Saturn, et cetera, after the, you know, planetary gods. Right. But uh, anyway, uh, that, that was in the second month, it says. And so uh, when, when people went out to collect um, manna on the seventh day, God said, uh, or, or Moses said, it, it's, it's the Sabbath. You know, so you can't do that. Uh, ordinarily, the manna would not keep another day. It would get um, worms or whatever. But when um, there was a double miracle, they could get twice as much on Friday, and it would keep over till, till uh, Sabbath, uh, and it wouldn't spoil or get worms if they did that. So, uh, and that's the first place we find Sabbath. That's the second month. In Leviticus, 
I already mentioned 23rd chapter, verse 11, uh, that it is uh, from the morrow after the Sabbath. Um, the, the idea is Sabbath fell on that 15th day, but that was the first month. Now, my point is this. This has been a little bit confusing, but you cannot have two months in a row with Sabbath on the 15th and 22nd. And, uh, you know, but my point is, I knew a guy, Arnold Bowen in Conyers, Georgia, who would give a thousand dollars to anybody who could find a seventh day Sabbath in the Bible on anything but the 8th, 15th, 22nd or 29th. They every month started over again with a a, a new moon on the day one. And it was uh, the, the Sabbath would be on the 15th as when God was talking to Moses in the 16th chapter of Exodus. And the 22nd was, a, he says, is a, is the 22nd is a Sabbath. But uh, that was in the second month. But uh, also when Christ died, uh, it was the 15th day was a high day, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And God wasn't just trying to make it turn out just right by picking the year for Christ to die. It was, it was that way every year. Yeah. So my point is that a uh, calendar changed by the papacy with 777777. Um, doesn't match up with Bible practice and, right. or the fact that there are 30 days. If there were 28 days, the Sabbath would always be every, you know, 7, 14, 21, 28, 7, 14. You know, see what I'm saying? It, yeah. it would be the same. But um, uh, I, I just say, if we learn, get back to God's calendar, think about it. It's a little hard to understand. I do have a book about it. The earthquake and the seven seals were this fourth seal is explained a little more fully with the diagram and the calendar, but yep. uh, uh, that's the way it is, Amen. basically, yeah. as I, I see it. You know? I've got a, I've got a link to that down in the show notes below because that okay. does explain a lot. It really does. Okay. That's a great book. Amen. Amen. Dr. Early, it has been a blessing again. I mean, you opened our eyes to some things that, that people definitely need to check out for themselves because, like we said, times are getting close. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. We just got to look at today and what we can do to serve the Lord, help get the word out, because someone somewhere needs to hear it before all this stuff wraps up. So I do appreciate your time today. Look forward to our next conversation. Hey, God bless you. The next, I promise you, next time will be easier. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. Folks, okay. that is all the time we have for today. For Dr. Richard Ruley and myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.